When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Real calm, real presence, real veteran, great on the bench. Um, it's nice to see somebody come in and, and, and you know, fit in like that and, and feel comfortable. But he's he's a pro, obviously. He's been around. He knows what to do and what to expect. And didn't take him long with the systems. Uh, you know, he's dialed in right away. He came right into our room this morning and said, asked questions. And obviously, you know, we showed him video. But uh, the questions were, 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 were great as far as allowing him to have success within the system here tonight. It's a hockey guy right there. Yeah, it is. We need a hockey sounder like this. Did, did George Carlin do a bit on <laughs> no. hockey too? I don't think George ever went to a hockey game. <laughs> no? Unfortunately for us. Um. So, okay. Mackie and Judd here on this Monday. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy speculation. The Minnesota Wild have won eight of their last nine games. Four of those wins, I'm sorry, three of them on the road. Uh, they beat they beat Calgary on Saturday, three nothing. The Gus Bus with another another shutout. Uh, they get Calgary again here on Tuesday. I guess my question to you guys, the Judd's Hockey Show contingent, is what's happening here? What's what's actually happening with this Wild team? Because they now sit in the Western Conference. They sit four points out of the number one overall seed, which is now the Vegas Golden Knights with 82, the Stars at 81, uh, the Kings are in there at 80. It's, it's, a, it's a hodgepodge, but what are we witnessing? The, the, the aggressiveness at the deadline, the calculated aggressiveness, the rise up the standings. Should we be alert for something big and special here, I guess, is my question. Uh, I would caution against that. I would caution you against always that because would, I can't. That's the problem. I can't because I can't decide yet. Well, here's here's what you were with- you were cautioning people like in the '98 season, in the 2009 Brett Favre. There's, like, there's not a season in which you wouldn't caution people. I guess right, is my- exactly right. You know why? Because I am not a black and white guy. I am a guy who takes the the tone of the one to ten. Where should we stand with this team? And you know, uh, a month ago it was about a three. It was very disappointing. Now it's probably up to about a seven, which is very nice. But I'm still cautioning you. It's not a ten. What we're witnessing here is actually very very simple. Um, this, this was a team that a month and a half ago looked like it might miss the playoffs entirely and had far too many guys trying to play outside of how they can play. What we have seen since is they were told, basically, if you want to win, you will play to the system that we're playing. 
which, as I, you know, I talked about this with Dex on JHS last week. It's, it is a variation. It's not as boring, but it's definitely a, a variation of the 2003 Jacques Lemaire team. You crack down defensively, you play to your system, you play to your strengths, and any goals that you score, you look up to the heavens and say, thank you, Lord, because we just scored a goal, aside from Kaprizov, who, who can score, but didn't score on Saturday, and they actually scored three five-on-five goals on Saturday. Um, but what we're seeing, too, what Bill Guerin did at, at the deadline, which Dex and I jumped on with our friends AJ and Jesse and talked about live, it was absolutely so much fun. Uh, what Bill Guerin did was absolutely genius because he told the players, he said, if you prove that you deserve help, I will get you help. And then what he did during the course of the last week was he went out and got four players. Gustav Nyquist, who actually could score some goals, is hurt and probably won't play until the playoffs if he does play. Uh, but he went out and got three players on expiring contracts, veterans who can help, but essentially cost the team nothing as far as mortgaging top prospects or top draft picks for the future. And so Bill Guerin lived up to exactly what he said, but, you know, he didn't go try and get Patrick Kane. He didn't go and try and get Timo Meyer. He didn't go and, and say, my God, I'm going to sell the farm. He basically uh, um, supplemented the roster with very workmanlike, better players. Uh, he traded Greenway, which was fantastic, addition by subtraction. How did, he, what, how, how did he get a second-round pick and a fifth for Greenway's um, So So I was on – I would, yeah, I know. I, I, I was on uh, a Buffalo station this morning. Oh. And wow, basically – okay. WGR? Yes. Wow. Yes. On the wow. morning show. Talk wow. about Jordan Greenway. With Jeremy? Well, uh, yeah, and they're very excited about it. So Don They're Granato, very excited about Greenway? Yes, and here's why. So and, – and believe me, we've heard this story before. So – Don Granado, who actually played with Kevin Gorg on the state title, I think it was 84 championship team at Burnsville, is the coach in Buffalo now. And he coached Greenway um, along with Tage Thompson in the USA program at one point. And not surprisingly, Don remembers Jordan at, at his best. So he can get the most from him. So according to the quote that was played on WGR from uh, Sabres GM Kevin Adams, Don Granado was literally pounding the table saying, go get him. Do whatever you have to do. Hmm. Hence a second-round pick, which is incredible. But anyway, whether they can fix him or not, the Wild couldn't, and he's gone, and that's a positive. And what the Wild has now is it has the polar opposite of last year, and we'll see if it works. It has a workmanlike team that has one skilled player that has the rest of the lines basically understanding they have to work their asses off, and it's not high-flying, it's not sexy, and I, I would argue that if you are a fan from outside the state, it's not even fun to watch. And that is how you can potentially win, potentially in playoff hockey. So I'm just cautioning you. I'm not saying they're going to go on a run, but this does remind me a lot of 2003 in the fact this is a workmanlike, diligent team that right now understands what it has to do. The question is, if when you get to the playoffs and it gets even tougher, do are you willing to sacrifice and pay the price to do that? I think you have a lot of guys who are bought into the system that are that are playing to Judd's point. Um, it's very similar to that 2003 team, but with an even better superstar stacked up from Kaprizov next to Gabrick. Gabrick was really good. Kaprizov is on a complete different level than Marion Gabrick at his prime. Um, so you have two goalies, right, that are that are capable of, of playing in playoff games. And by the way, Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing a lot better, too, over this win streak. 
You have a defensive system that's really working. Um, and you have other players that are probably just making yourself a lot deeper. Marcus Johansson isn't going to all of a sudden you know, start scoring a ton of goals, but he's probably a better option to be playing significant minutes over Jordan Greenway, over Sam Steele. Um, Gustav Nyquist is the really interesting one who's still on IR, and if he comes back uh, potentially before the playoffs, you might have another great offensive threat there. The Klingberg acquisition was the surprise one, so that one came in right at the ed- edge of the trade deadline, and that one took me and Judd by surprise. John Klingberg at one time was probably one of the five best offensive-moving defensemen in the NHL. Uh, he's a quarterback of a power play. He can do a lot of great things at his position offensively. However, he is in the midst of one of the worst defensive seasons by an NHL defender in NHL history. He allows more shots and more goals per 60 than any defender in the NHL when he is on the ice. Now, Anaheim themselves are one of the worst defensive teams, so that isn't helping him. But that is what spawned his exit also out of Dallas from a year ago. So the Wild are betting that even though he is statistically the worst defensive defender in the NHL, he can, be, reassuring. he can be propped up in a system that screams really good defense, use his skills on the power play, which are still very, uh, very much alive and not a liability, and that makes you also a little bit more dangerous. They're finding new ways to still create offense and win games, and they're going to try their best to probably win a lot of 2-1 to one, Three to two games. This is not the wild team from last year that I think had the second most five on five goals in the NHL. This team isn't going to scare you offensively, but they're going to bank on the fact that their stellar goaltending is going to make four to five huge saves for them. They're going to convert some power play chances, and Kirill Kaprizov is good enough to keep them winning games and taking them in a deep playoff run. So we'll see how sustainable that is, but I'm curious if it can sustain itself through the rest of the regular season and then in the postseason too. I saw people ripping you guys. <clears throat> excuse me for no. calling him jo- for calling him Jonathan Klingberg on uh, the reaction show. Did you guys call him Jonathan? Someone call him Jonathan. His name is John, and you guys were getting. I just saw him going through like the score north oh, uh, no, ad replies during this. I don't even yeah. remember. So he just blacked out and called him uh, Jonathan. Well, if Jonathan I mean, is, um, if Jonathan can play really good defense, I'll take that Jonathan Klingberg over John. <laughs> Johnny, is he be Johnny, yeah, Johnny Klingberg, Klingberg here? I'd take that. <laughs> My guess is his birth certificate might say Jonathan. I don't know, man. Like we'll, I mean, we'll have to find his, out. Let's see. Let's let's see. Wikipedia, Wikipedia wouldn't lie, right? He yeah, probably has a Wikipedia Oh, Wikipedia page. never lies. Never lies. Just want to make sure here. So uh, I don't know. No, it's it's just John. It's John, John Anderson Klingberg, okay. a Swedish professional yep. hockey defenseman. Oh, we got all the Swedes now, you yeah, guys. We got all the Swedes. We got yeah, all the Swedes. Swedes. We got Klingberg. We got Johansson. We got Sunquist now. <laughs> We got Nyquist. Minnesota Sweden. Yeah. His middle name is Anderson with two S's, which is the most Swedish, Swedish thing, thing right? ever. Yeah, I love Norwegians how we. I love how extra, we jumped on and did a show, basically just for an hour and a half. And somebody's takeaway was you called him Jonathan. The main takeaway of That's all the awesome, takes, everything is that you expanded like, his name. Like I could certainly see some takes, some folks, you know, questioning our takes, but I love the fact that the name. That's offensive. I think I think Jonathan Klingberg sounds like more of an official hockey name than John Klingberg. So yeah. I, I I see where you're at with that. But I guess so. My to what extent did they put themselves in a position to do something they haven't done since you guys keep referencing the 2003 team? You know, I think it's, sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around this, but the 10 years of Parisi, Suter, and all the young players that came through, right? They yep. never made it to the to the conference finals. Correct. They never made it beyond the second round of the playoffs. 
So in a Western conference that, yeah, maybe Colorado wakes up at some point, maybe, maybe, you know, Dallas has been very impressive this year. There are, I'm not saying there aren't good teams in the West, but with the moves they made, the style that they're trying to play, the heat check that they're on right now at the right time of year, to what extent did they put themselves in a position to do something they haven't done in 20 years, which is get to the conference finals or maybe even, oh my gosh, beyond the conference finals. Let me first of all say the heat check concerns me a little bit because in this league, like a heat check can come, like right now, Tampa Bay is playing awful. And I'm sort of like, you know, their playoff spot's locked. That's pretty cool because we have certainly seen teams, the playoffs come, flip a switch. So I guess my question is, because the, the Wild had to start to play like it was the playoffs a month ago. So is that going to catch up to them? But as far as how they're built, they had, I mean, Bill Guerin, basically embraced it and good for him he basically said we can't score goals i know that so the players who are here have to realize that and have to start playing a certain style which which evison loves don't get me wrong but second of all they acquired a bunch of players who are going to play that style klingberg's the only outlier to that but the most important thing is and he talked about this when he was signed by the ducks first of all he because he didn't have a great last season in Dallas, he was signed by the Ducks uh, to a one-year, $7 million contract and had expected to get multi-years, okay? So he got there to a really bad team and started to basically say, I got to play like I did at 25, which he can't. Um, And that led to his defensive demise. He started on Saturday on the third defensive pairing with, with Jonathan Merrill, Johnny Merrill, John John Merrill, and... And he well, played great. Well, let me look it up on Wikipedia to make it's, sure. I think it's just... J-O-N. I, I might just be John. But um, but he played great because guess what? The expectation was not, here he comes to save the day. Yeah. The expectation was, do your job, run the power play, and he did great. So I think that's going to, to be fine. But what this is is a really, really smart move by Bill Guerin in embracing how the team plays and realizing that that playing a big, heavy style in the playoffs is actually fine. It might work. So I would say as far as rolling the dice on the direction, this was brilliant. I will also say this, though, and I, I don't know if Dex agrees with this or not, but in my opinion, this in no way reflects the future. Like, the future's bright, hopefully. Bunch of prospects coming. They're yeah. going to be quicker. They're going to They're going to score more, right? So, like, I don't think what we're seeing now is the template. Like, with Jacques Lemaire, it was the template. He was going to play this style and until he was gone. What this is to me is a nod to how you have to play and the necessary guys that you had to get to say, okay, if we're going to take a chance right now, here's how we have to do it. In two years, though, I expect the style to be completely different. And they wound up, when you look at like the, so the, the incoming players and then the outgoing assets, it's actually kind of amazing when you line it up. They get, they get a ha- small handful of quality players. They lose Greenway, and I get that he's 26, and there's some potential, and he's he's a big dude. He looks like he should be better than he is, whatever. But you wind up getting, and there was a couple, like, pick swaps, basically, as it turns out, but you wind up actually getting more players and higher draft positioning by getting the second-round pick, too, mm-hmm. which is kind of without jeopardizing your future. Yeah, they have all their first-round picks, all their second-round picks. They have the Vegas Golden Knights pick this year in the second round. So they still have three selections in the top two rounds of the NHL draft this year. They don't have third-round selections over the next two drafts. 
Uh, Garen basically was able to be a buyer at the deadline uh, and still not have to give up significant assets and draft picks and significant prospects at the Wild. Do have the number one prospect pool in the NHL. And that's pretty amazing. Also, while still fielding a roster that has 15% in dead money cap hits going against them. It's, it's yeah. impressive what he was able to do. Uh, to the point of Judd's making of long-term, this is how the Wild have to win right now. They, they, they can't just flip the switch. They tried to do this at times this year where, all right, if you lost Kevin Fiala, who is going to replace all that production? Well, no sole player can because no one on this team is really capable of playing up to Kevin Fiala's level. And then you have guys like Matt Boldy, who is a great prospect and has kind of even graduated from prospect status and gets a long-term deal. And he finally scores over the weekend, but he went 15 consecutive games without scoring a goal. And that's a guy that has to eventually start scoring some goals for you. You're, you're paying him to be that guy. So you can't just you can't just flip a switch and be the five on five dominant team that you were last year. And next season, who knows? Maybe guys like Boldy becomes a 30 40 goal scorer. Maybe Marco Rossi comes up here and is immediately plugged in and he's really good. And then you're scoring more offense. But right now your goaltending is solid with two dudes. You don't know what that always looks like year to year. It's a very crazy position. And this is how they have to win games. So is it the sexiest way? No, but it's how they're going to have to win games this year and how they're going to want to make a lengthy playoff run. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And then uh, upcoming on their schedule here, they do have a ton of road games coming up here. They do get the home game against Calgary, but they go, yep. it's home against Calgary, then a back-to-back up just up to Winnipeg on a Wednesday, a few days off. But then you but then you have another West Coast back-to-back, San Jose and Arizona. So, you know, but the, honestly, like the, the back-to-backs, at least you've got two goalies that you feel pretty darn good about here. They've both yep. pitched shutouts in the last, like, week and a half. Um. So we'll see the ske- but the schedule gets a little little tumultuous here and there, and then they have another back to back, middle of March. They have uh, Boston and Washington both at home. They have three back to backs in the next like two and a half weeks on their schedule. Wolf. Yep. And I I think the thing too is you know Gustafson's playing fantastic right now, and to what Declan said, Flurry has definitely improved. But the most important thing is the defensive responsibility shown in front of them is the key here, and and that that again is what. Roley and Manny in 2003. Um, you can lift your goaltenders up by playing smart. And and that does not mean that you don't need key saves. Case in point, I think it was the third period on Saturday night. But Calgary got a breakaway. Um, Tyler Toffoli, who's really good. And guess what? Gustafson stopped him. So that's an absolutely key save. But Gustafson also was not peppered with pucks all night. And so, like, if you can get that save, like, if you can get four to five just really, really key saves, and the rest of the shots are from the perimeter, that's where you can win playoff games. It's not fun to watch, 
Unless it's your team, in which case it's great fun to watch. And it's not just, you know, Manny Rowley, it's Devin Dubnik, it's Alex Stalock. It's they have been able to plug in basically what are league average goaltenders and they exceed their projection and expectation. However, come playoff time, you can't have a sieve in there. Like Mark Andre Fleury kinda wiltered last year. Devin Dubnik at times wiltered uh in the playoffs. So you have to have your goalie. The system's great, but in the playoffs, to Judd's point, you need a goalie that gives you five to four to five huge saves that are tough saves but the goalie has to make them. I got a feeling that uh, we might be dusting off the old Ode to Joy oh. at some point in the month of April or May. Is it? Are you saying this could be flying? He's got Are the wild flag. Oh, this is the original flag. It all started with this. <laughs> Woo! Woo-hee! Uh, all right. A shout-out to our friends at Dennis Kirk, by the way, and DennisKirk.com. We appreciate them supporting Score North. It's been a long winter. We just got dumped on again last night. But riding season is on the horizon. Make sure your motorcycle or whatever you ride, Indian Metric Cruiser, Sport Bike Harley, make sure it's ready through Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets. Shipping is free for orders over $89. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. New segment alert for you guys. That's right. New segment alert here on Mackie and Judd. Not quite weekend statements, Dex. Not yeah, quite weekend I just, statements. I just put that there. Funniest thing from the internet doesn't really fit on the banner. So I just, I just, it's, it's still a statement from over the weekend to a degree. I don't know if it's a statement from over the weekend. It's the observations. Your, fa- your favorite thing from the internet this weekend. Favorite thing. Okay. I'm not sure if weekend way. statements fits the banner. Oh, Can you just type something else in? Or oh, okay, yeah, I, I did type something else in, but it was ridiculed. So I funniest was, uh, thing. Dot dot dot. What dot. is the funniest? Not even the funniest. What is your favorite? Could favorite, be favorite thing. Favorite dot thing, dot dot. Your it doesn't favorite, have to be. Explanatory we did discuss completely. this before the show. The graphics don't have to be completely explanatory. So in Declan's defense, he he could just put. Yeah. Favorite Why don't you thing, just put dot, placeholder dot, graphic yeah. on the bottom? Just just favorite uh, thing from the weekend. Why, there you go. Why don't you put this, Dex? Mackie is an ass. That's A S S. You mean ass? I just it, we're not we're not to weekend statements yet. We will. Get I just to it's a Monday day. and we're already fighting. Is this how it's going to be this week? Yeah, <laughs> I'm leaving again on uh, Friday, so thank God. Yeah, I know you are. Thanks I'm looking for, for your favorite thing from the internet this weekend, and uh, the inspiration for this came. I'm going to try and pop this up on the screen oh, for you guys here. Oh, this is yum. just a oh, yeah. screenshot. My favorite thing from the internet this weekend, and maybe every weekend, is the Anthony the Anthony LaPanta family dinner photos. Always brought to you by Kowalski's Market. I don't yep. know if he's like a Kowalski's influencer or what the deal is, Ooh. or if he just loves Kowalski's. That's a good call. Look at these. They got fillets. You've got some sort of like arugula uh, fruit salad, some green bean mix, and some sautéed shrimp. Absolutely. You know, you know, Phil, that I've never thought of that. What an idiot I am. You're I'm right. Show you I, the other one here too. I bet he's an influencer. Look at this one. Okay, there's a there's a charcuterie board in here. The pregame. Oh, yeah, look, look at, at that this. one. Look at those olives. Hold look on a this. second. Hold on one. a second. I know I'm this gonna... isn't great for the audio audience, but it, just envision uh, the I'm best gonna... charcuterie board you've ever seen in your life, prepared by the Lapanta oh, family. God, look at the Capicola with some mid shelf uh, white wine poured perfectly into some, to the some nice wine glasses. I'm going like to text it. Russo. On a Cambria countertop or whatever. <laughs> Is LaPanta a Kowalski's influencer? I'm going to find out. That's a great point. He's Googling that or what do you No, know? he's texting. I, I'm texting Mike Russo. Russo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just want to find out. 
So I just, I don't know, man. And this shockingly, guy, I don't have LePanta's cell phone. I know it's going to really surprise you. I love me some Panther. And uh, <laughs> if there's I, ever a chance that you would have, you know, an open spot oh, for dinner at your household, I would love to come and uh, talk some hockey. Bash Judd? The, the yeah. hockey whisperer. Yeah, we can just, we can just clown Judd, on Judd Zolgad the whole time. be great. So I got a question for you. For you guys, among just hidden gems food-wise, where does a good charcuterie board rank for you oh, guys? Uh, high, very high on the list. I love a charcuterie board. Homemade or a restaurant one. or, a, yeah, either or. Unbelievable. Yeah. A little, little fig. So I like, you know, you got the, mm. the crackers, the cheese, the spreads. Those are the basics you need. But sometimes you can throw in some candied pecans, some fig. Do you like the chocolates? I'm out on the chocolate. I don't. I don't Red, think you need Red chocolates. Rabbit throws yeah. in the chocolates. I don't need the chocolates. Yeah, it's it's fine. I don't know that That's you fine. need yeah, chocolates in a charcuterie board. Okay. I agree. I'm just yeah. curious, like how deep that that you guys would take the charcuterie board. Just give me a bunch of different cheeses, some meat, some prosciutto. Uh, prosciutto oh, yeah. is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe a mustard, prosciutto. a little uh, spicy mustard or something, a little honey mustard. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Uh, I don't need a ton of cheeses, but. That's just me. Okay, go ahead. My favorite thing, uh, I was watching the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and John Rahm shot a 65 on Thursday. I mean, he's been dialed for like the last two years, especially even this year. And he was asked this question uh, about if anyone could ever beat him. When you're firing on on all cylinders, um, can anyone beat you in your mind? No. Poor John Rahm shot 75, 75, 72 over the next three rounds of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And he still is. I mean, I think Scotty's probably going to catch him in the, in the number one ranking here. I mean, they're, both of them are unreal right now. But a uh, little bad timing there from uh, my guy, in, John Rahm. In Ram. fairness, the question was when you're, uh, when you're firing on all cylinders, and he would tell you, well, when I'm shooting 75, I'm not firing on all yeah. cylinders. It's kind of a trick question, right? Yeah. Like, if he's firing on all cylinders, he's shooting well, 65. Because on Thursday, when he shot the 65, uh, and I think even at, after Thursday, he was like plus 130 on a money line to win the whole tournament, which is still pretty absurd in golf. Like, I know he shot a 65. That is That doesn't happen in golf. Like, it's hard to predict a winner over the course of four days, and let alone after round one. And he did melt down, obviously, in, in rounds two and three. Uh, but I, I did find that a little funny that that I that he ended up melting down after a, a great 65 to open it at Arnold Palmer. I feel like golf and baseball are two sports that will humble you aggressively quickly oh, golf, if especially. you get confident. Yeah, don't get too cocky. You win win three tournaments to start your year. Look at Brooks Kepka. Oh, hell, that guy yep. won a bunch of majors, back to back U.S. Opens. Yes, I think he almost won three straight U.S. Opens. Yeah, he's a got mess. a little cocky. And then all of a sudden, Netflix is in your living room playing therapist for you while you try to figure out what's happening with your life. Go take the lump sum and live. Now he can't even finish top 10 in a live tournament, for God's sakes. Mm. Did did live play the last couple Uh, of weeks? I don't think they played. They didn't play this past weekend, no. They they play. They have like 14 tournaments. Although it's funny because these guys signed up for an eight-tournament schedule last year. And and part of the thing is like, oh, it's a reduced schedule. It's going to be reduced. But they have to play in all the events that Live creates, and Live is now expanded to fourteen <laughs> mandatory events. So they're just going to—that's smart. Plus yeah. the four majors that some of these guys would play in. So you wind up playing eighteen tournaments, anyways. <laughs> you just, but you get paid a lot of. But it'll be on the CW. So yes. So Hello, no friends. One, no one will see you struggling. Welcome to the CW. I'm Jim Nance. I'm eighty-seven years old now, but I'm doing it, the Live. Think about how you—you're. There's no one at the tournament. There's no one watching on TV. No, I would. So how do you even like justify? I guess you look at your bank account to justify. Right. I yeah. hope you enjoy that though, because yeah, 
competitive-wise, it would suck, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, Joe, what's your favorite thing you saw on the Internet this weekend? Uh, there's no question. My fa- favorite thing is the attempt, and I covered this event, the Combine, previously, but I feel like it's ratcheted up. My favorite thing was the attempt to cover the Combine in a breathless fashion, as if you can really tell things from a reporter's standpoint. I don't mean players talking. That's fine. I mean the workout stuff, right? Like there were, I, I found more than one site that literally tried to do where the quarterbacks now rank after the combine and tried to provide analysis of what we saw. It is they cool. are throwing against air, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they're throwing against air, so they're not really throwing. Uh, Bryce Young didn't throw. Bryce Young didn't work, work out. He basically, I think, did the media stuff and met with teams. Yeah. But right now, it is it is as if these columns, articles, synopsises are trying to breathlessly say, so-and-so shifted their stock in that you literally watch them, if you watch them, throw against no defenders and teams with stopwatches. You can tell almost nothing new. Yeah. That's my it, favorite It's thing. also like you're dealing in probability. So yeah, Anthony exactly. Richardson, for instance, maybe he was uh, before the combine, before you had the athletic profile, maybe he was a 25% chance to become a star quarterback. And now that you've seen him run around a little bit more, maybe now he's like a 40% chance to become a star quarterback or a 60% chance. Yes. There's no sure thing, right? Yeah. So, but it does help to see a guy run a, a four, three, five, 40 yard dash when you think, oh, I, th- I think this guy's good when I watch him on film. Let's see how fast he actually is. It's just, but, it's so funny that something involving a contact sport has become like, and, and for years now, we've just accepted that that guys in their underwear and shorts are like, okay, that's going to, that alters his stock greatly. It's like, Okay, so are you telling me, seriously, you're telling me that you didn't know Anthony Richardson was fast? Right. <laughs> like, it didn't answer, like, okay, he's a freak athletically. The question is, can he throw accurately? And for that, I will say, Josh Allen crawled so Anthony Richardson can run. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the comp now, across the board, that yeah. can be fixed. And the interview process probably tells you more, because you get to meet the guy and see if he's okay. mature or whatever it is. I've got the answer for Phil. They sponsor the Russo and LaPanta pod. They give them gift cards, but he is not an influencer. Well, no, and he is fact, then. I mean, he is fact, an influencer. He just loves them that much. But I thought he might be paid separately or or have have a separate. So yeah, so but they, but they but they support. So, yeah, he, he sponsored. Yeah, but but Mike said he just loves them that much. Amazing. So boy, keep the keep the food porn. I'm just trying to get the information. Man. The information. I'm the information man of this show. I'm trying to get the information going. It's important. It's important. All right, Mackie and Judd, thanks for uh, hanging out and discussing Kowalski's filet mignon uh, and charcuterie board spreads. Appreciate it.